What am I to do? Welcome to Razor Branding Podcast with Jackie Russo. To learn more about how to improve your brand, visit brandrusso.com. Hi, it's Jackie Russo. Welcome to Razor Branding Podcast, the live video edition. Today, I am very honored to have with us a special guest, new downtown business owner and entrepreneur, Bradley Cruz. Uh, so Michael and I have some questions for Bradley. We want to talk about the store that's getting ready to open up and how he's going to help solve the food desert problem in our area. Bradley, welcome to the show. Honored to be here. Thank you. Well, it's great. Um, so I know you've been at hard at work for months now, getting the store ready. Um, hopefully the plan was to be ready by summer and now you're working ahead of schedule to be open now that we're in the middle of the pandemic and people need groceries um, and convenient delivery and pickup more so than ever before. So tell us a little bit about the process to getting open. How's that been? Oh, wow. I actually started a, a year ago when, when we announced and, and Brand Russo created the brand. I think I gave you like a 10 day notice, I think is what it was. And pretty much uh, got that turned around. And it was literally a year ago at this time that made the announcement that we'd be opening the store. And I didn't have the funding. I had secured the space. I didn't have the lease. You know, I was so far ahead, you know, that cart was a mile ahead of me and I've been running to catch up to it ever since. But fast forward now, um, just had an inspection today. Um, got a few things we've got to work out and get corrected, but we're, we're hoping to be open in the next couple of weeks. Um, most of the inspections are done. Just have uh, a couple of final ones to get done. That is so exciting. So talk to us about the vision of what you, when you said, hey, I want to be in the grocery store business. What was the catalyst of that? What's the background? Well, uh, I grew up in the grocery store business. My family had grocery stores in New Orleans, in the mid-city area of New Orleans. Handy Stop was the name. And so I kind of brought that back, uh, the renewed the family tradition, if you will, with Handy Stop. And and the more I got entrained, in, or should I say, um, entrenched in downtown and working in downtown and really found out the food desert, the problem of downtown of not having those fresh fruits and vegetables. And it's really worsened in the last year with Walmart closing and then the, the store on Four Corners closing where people don't have the access to fresh fruits and vegetables. And um, was talking with some colleagues of mine and said, you know, there has to be a solution. And um, I was working with Healthy Acadiana. And so people kind of looking at me and said, hey, uh, what can you do about it? And uh, literally putting uh, my money where my mouth is. Talk to me about Healthy Acadiana, because I know that's been a passion of yours for a while now. Um, what's the purpose of the organization? And how do you think these two passions in your life are now dovetailing together? Well, they really do fit well together. Um, Healthy Acadiana's mission is to create a healthier environment for those people who live and work in Lafayette. And so we're focused on three areas, increasing healthier food options, which, you know, Handy Stop fits right into that, um, increasing the opportunities for uh, families and individuals to um, do uh, he uh, not healthier options, um, physical, more physical opportunities. Uh, so creating the opportunities for people to be more physically active. And then finally, uh, developing the policy systems and environment to make those first two happen. And Healthy Acadiana been around for about three or four years now, and really Handy Stop fits right into that. That's awesome. I love it. So, you know, when I think grocery store, I don't necessarily think healthy activity, but I know you've got some plans lined up for how to get people more active within and outside of the walls of the store. What are those activities looking like? 
Yeah. So uh, I don't just want to be a grocery store where you come in and get your groceries and leave and those kind of things. So really want to be a part of downtown where I help people create a healthier lifestyle. And so uh, we're looking at doing a renewing the running club that was down here several years ago and and us being the, the jump off spot for that. Um, you know, we've done some vegetable boxes since we weren't open. We've been providing some vegetable boxes to individuals who want to drive through and pick those up. Um, looking at on the mental health side, doing yoga as well as some poetry readings. And we've got space for those. And so really want to look at the holistic approach, which is in line with Healthy Acadiana, where we look, take that holistic approach to the individual and the family and with uh, Handystop, the entire community. So Handystop's really checking a lot of boxes. Uh, so for the running club is my first question. How fast do we have to run? Because, you know, I'm like a walking <laughs> club member. Um, so is there speed trials? Is it anybody? No, no, none of that. Um, it's really just... Uh, it's an idea that I have. And so it's kind of a placeholder in the back of my mind that that's something I want to get to uh, because there are so many people who live and work downtown. And, you know, if you're just getting off of work, you just walk on over and uh, we'll start the, the running club. But yeah, it's walking as well. That's awesome. So I see some store shelves behind you. Um, it's looking like a store all of a sudden. Uh, when do you get your first load in of inventory and maybe a, a soft opening that people can stop by and grab a gallon of milk on the way home? Uh, so that will probably in the next couple of weeks. We uh, did the shelves. And when I had this uh, inspection today, that's really was my catalyst. You know, if there were some big red flags that had come up, I was like, okay, well, I don't want to have uh, this produce and milk that's going to expire next week if I've got some major changes to do. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I met with the planning and development department before I even started the process. So I had a really good idea of uh, what we were going to be uh, having to do and, and the changes ha and the expectations to make for the store. Um, and so really, I think a soft opening in the next couple of weeks. That's so exciting. Now, not everybody thinks about um, pouring their life savings into a brand new business venture in the middle of a pandemic. So, you know, there's that. But um, what has the pandemic done? How have you had to pivot um, anything in terms of store opening, getting things built, uh, how you're going to deliver groceries? I mean, uh, any changes you're having to go through? Uh, so one big change, uh, and it really kind of uh, kind of caught it right before ordered was a salad bar. Uh, we were planning on having a salad bar here and and um, people could create their own salads. Well, I actually, before I placed the order, I deleted that salad bar uh, and so didn't order that piece of equipment. And we will wait until the CDC makes their recommendations on what we should be doing with salad bars and, and that. We'll be able to make the salad for you um, and, and have it grab and go. Uh, so that's one change that, you know, uh, saved me several thousands of dollars right off the bat that um, I won't have that piece of equipment, but we'll still be able to provide those salads ready-made uh, for those individuals who want that. Um, I, I mentioned the produce boxes earlier. A local farm contacted me and uh, said, hey, can you be a drop-off point for us? I wasn't open yet, so I, um, I'm not selling them. All the proceeds go to the farm. I don't make a, a dime off of it. So it's really a service to the community. Uh, we started out the first week with 33 boxes. We sold 100 a couple weeks ago, 65 uh, on Monday. And so the community has really responded and said, we want this fresh produce. It's literally in the ground on Sunday and in your car on Monday. Uh, and that's how fresh uh, the produce is. And so made that little tweak. And then um, I've been doing a lot of reading on what do we have to clean? How do we clean? Um, you know, of course, the 
Office of Public Health has those recommendations, but now we've got an extra layer on that with um, the COVID uh, crisis. And so um, some of those operational processes are really uh, being changed and amended at this time. And then I know there's been some stores who have, you know, uh, counted people as they came in the door, made aisles one way, required face masks. Have you started to kind of formulate your process of how you're going to honor whatever the governor's orders might be upon opening? Absolutely. Uh, so today with the fire marshal here, we, we calculated what my occupancy load will be. And so I have one for when the world opens up and then I have one during uh, this COVID crisis. And so uh, we'll have to be responsible for that and then marking out uh, that six foot distance and such. So, yeah, we, that's part of that process that we've had to start thinking about. I was very impressed. I was walking to work on Monday and saw the line of people picking up uh, the boxes of vegetables and they were in their cars and their cars were six feet apart. So I felt like you had a lot of really good habits heading down Buchanan Street. It was very good. And we had masks and, and such. And um, when we had a table out there previously, we wiped the table down and cleaned that. But uh, but now we're literally just going straight from uh, the back of the truck to wherever they want us to place it in the car. Um, and, and people have really appreciated that. Um, they've recognized the efforts that we've gone through to keep the spacing, um, keep the traffic flow going, um, as well as providing them with those fresh produce. Right. So talk to me a little bit about the things you're going to have on the shelves. So I know, obviously, fresh fruits and vegetables, which is awesome. Uh, meats, breads, canned goods, cereals, everything I would think in a normal corner bodega. Yeah, all of the above. And, and what I did a year ago is we did a survey with uh, through Brand Russo and we, and we created a QR code. And we I asked the community, what do you want to see in your grocery store? Uh, so that I had a good idea on what would, they were expecting. Um, and so some things surprised me and others did not. But um, so, yes, we'll have a lot of locally sourced. So I'm focused on two things is locally sourced items and then healthier food options. And um, so we'll have some of that locally made relish or um, uh, fresh pressed juices that are coming local. Uh, but on the, the can side, you'll have, you know, you might have Domani peas and then you're going to have some locally grown fresh peas. So um, if it's not in your budget or in your lifestyle, I'm hoping to be able to meet you on both ends of that. Um, but local breads, uh, already talking to, um, uh, met with Longlinase for their French bread. Of course, Evangeline made bread, um, Emerge juices on a fresh pressed juices. Rev Coffee will be uh, our coffee and we're going to have a handy stop uh, brewery, uh, a handy stop special blend, you know, and that's uh, really in honor of my father uh, to have that uh, blend. He drank coffee all the time. Um, and so really focus on those locally sourced items as well as those healthier options. Knowing you and your energy level, I'm wondering if that coffee is going to have an extra shot of something in it. Um, so everybody else can have your same energy. <laughs> Honestly, I don't drink coffee. Um, I love the smell of it, but I, I don't drink it. I taste it every now and again, and I've tasted the, the blends. And, um, you know, I farmed that job out to some of the folks who I've been working with on you tell me, uh, what do you think is the better tasting coffee? I know which one I liked that smelled the best. But um, um, back to what we're going to have, you know, we'll, we'll have, uh, you mentioned meat, we'll have grow. And we lost Bradley. I know. And you were getting ready to tell a story about coffee in Seattle, weren't you? <laughs> I felt like it popped in. I was like, yay, Michael's going to talk about coffee. Um, let me, uh, let me. Time in Seattle was good. You think you're going to get him back? I'm going to try. Oh, he's coming. Hold on. No. You know, it's interesting with uh, Wi-Fi, obviously, the capabilities and the technology is always a little bit of a challenge. 
we are very honored to be on the LUS Fiber Network downtown, and it usually gives us really high-end access to very fast internet service. Uh, and sometimes it's so fast it gets ahead of itself, which might be what happened to our friend Bradley. But he's back now. There we go. Uh, I lost your audio somehow. I can hear you. Wi-Fi. We got, we got you back. I can hear you. Can yeah, you hear me? Can, we can. We can hear and see you. Can you hear us, Bradley? You know, this is the sixth time we've done this, and we have managed to have a technological difficulty, different one every time. Uh, and I think that's the beauty of live TV. Is, Let's um, see. Oh, there we are. Yay, we're back. Bradley's I'm back. back. All right. So, Bradley, you were talking about coffee, and Michael joined us, and I think he might have had a little Seattle coffee story he was going to share. No, I'm going to yes. save those for another time. But, okay. <laughs> All right. But, but I did want to ask, Bradley, um, one of the things I loved about your story and working with you guys was hearing your story and um, that you grew up in a grocery store. My family was the same way. Uh, when I grew up in Morgan City. I had an Italian family, and my aunts ran a family grocery store that were, you know, immigrant based. And I remember running around in that as a little as a kid. And, um, you know, and it reminded me of, of, of you talking about working with your brothers in your dad's place. And I don't know, like I said, it's just perfect for downtown. And I think that people are going to be really embracing that mentality of a community grocer, you know, uh, kind of old school, you know, bringing new ideas to it. But maybe you could talk a little bit about your experiences there, because I think that's that's a good part of it. Yeah, certainly. Um, I wouldn't be here without that innovation and entrepreneurship of my father, who at age 36 with five boys uh, under the age of 10, one of them just a few years old, uh, decided to start his own business. He, he was working for a company and, and went out and started his own grocery store. And uh, it's just an amazing story as I got to learn it all as I, as I grew older. And, um, you know, my mom kind of taking care of things at home. Uh, while he was going to the store every day and, and making it work. And, and and now I know why he came home from work about seven or eight o'clock and fell asleep in, in front of the TV because uh, I'm doing the same thing. But, um, you know, I'm doing it without small children uh, and all those responsibilities that go along with it. I can't imagine being 36 years old and, and starting your own business um, and very successful for 21 years and expanded it to three grocery stores. When the third one opened, my mom, uh, we were uh, a little bit older, and so my mom came to work um, at the store. And so it really showed fam that family unit, as you were talking about uh, earlier, Mike. And I remember some of my earliest memories uh, as a child is standing on stacked milk crates to bag groceries and, and picking up the change on the floor. That was our pay back then. And, of course, <laughs> as many ices we could drink um, and stuff. So... Um, it was just fantastic memories of, of, of doing that. And, and that example that my dad and mom set for personal responsibility and accountability. And um, I'm kind of really good with math because we had to make our own change at the time. You know, there wasn't a register that told you to change. You had to think about it on your own. Um, uh, and so just um, doing a lot with a little. And that's really the, the mindset that I brought here to Handy Stop. Um, I, I love the families that are passing by and you're going to see me waving because families are passing by uh, waving to me and, and seeing the kids. And I've got a lot of them who have asking their children come work. I'm like, well, I got some laws I got to follow, but um, bring them in. And I'd love to, you know, have them uh, come in and visit the store. And we're on third generation. I'll have my grandchildren that'll come in. Actually, um, they'll, they'll come in and see the store. And so I'm really looking forward to that and, and seeing those girls behind the counter and just exploring what we're doing here. 
That's what I love about it. I think you you haven't even opened yet, but you already feel like a, a downtown tradition, you know, and that's kind of the cool part is that, you know, it's going to be we're really quickly that people are gonna, not going to imagine downtown or Lafayette being without you, you know, that kind of thing. And it's because of that experience that, that goes into it, you know. And, and I think they have seen my challenges and my struggles and many of the people have I've talked to while they've walked in and walked by and stopped in and some of them have seen the progress. And so I think they all feel that I'm being accepted for me. I'm being accepted into their neighborhood because it really, I am the outsider coming into their neighborhood and, um, and really uh, I wouldn't have it any other way. You know, if I was able to come in, pop it up, throw some shelves on the, uh, in the on the floor and then get moving in 10 days, it wouldn't be the same thing. Um, they, they're seeing what, um, the challenges and the struggles and uh, going to reap the rewards here soon. Yeah, I think people relate to that. I mean, we talk about in our world branding and whatnot, it's emotional connections, you know, and I think the um, the effort you're putting into these kind of things that anybody does, it shows the investment, the investment that not just in yourself, but your investment in, in, in Lafayette and the downtown area and making making it better and contributing to it. You know, obviously you're running a business for profit, but at the same time, what you're providing the community is something that people I think are going to get behind um, and embrace, which is good. Right. And I see that um, the examples that I have downtown with Gus uh, and Michelle and, and what their businesses are doing, you know, once they're established and giving back to that community. And, and I want to get to that level as well, but I've got some great examples already uh, just, you know, right down the street and across the street from me. Um, we're all on the same block. And so they've set that bar kind of high and I, and I have to meet that. And, you know, I see them in the morning picking up trash or, or sweeping, and it's the owners doing those types of things. And and that's really uh, the, the expectations I have to meet. Well, you know, we've talked for years about the collaborative nature downtown and the energy of downtown and how much we all work together and support each other. And uh, I think that you're fitting in very nicely to that culture that's been here since Michelle first opened her doors 20 years ago at Tsunami. So I think you are a welcome addition to the team. Uh, talk a little bit about the actual property itself and how you're using the safe that is, you know, the different elements of the space you're <laughs> going to incorporate, because I love this. Well, okay, so I may not reveal the safe yet. I may not oh, okay, reveal the combination to the vault as of yet, um, but it was really neat um, to shorten the story. I was looking for a space and then had looked at several spaces, and in one day, the stars aligned, four different people pointed me to this location. Um, and for many reasons, I thought it was an excellent location on a corner, a parking lot, a, a, a signal, a light controlled corner, um, a parking lot, the drive through. And this was Herbert Hyman's original department store. So it's got that, you know, that same historical feeling. The building's about 112 years old that, that we can identify. Um, and so uh, you see that that exposed brick behind me over here, whatever side that's on over it's there. The other side, but uh, yeah, we can see it. Yeah, we go. Yeah, yeah that is. exposed brick. That's the uh, hundred original brick to the building. Um, and so all that was covered up with with um, plaster, uh, with sheetrock. Uh, there was this god awful carpet on the floor, and we revealed that and found some really nice travertine. Uh, we found some of the original posts that hold up the building, uh, and really as much as I could brought all that original back to where it was. Um, and so, and, and I have a lease purchase on the building. So we intend on expanding up to the second floor, which is a really neat space. Um, that was a mezzanine all the way around 
when uh, it was the department store. And so um, I've got uh, baseboards that were here that we repurposed um, for baseboards of the shelving. Uh, we put some trim back up that was here. Uh, and so just really trying to get it back to as much as the original uh, feel as it was. Did you find some pictures of the original building so that you've been able to kind of be true to what the roots were? I have one picture. It's actually a drawing from 1924 of the eighth anniversary of the opening of this store. And so I uh, will display that um, in, in the seating area. And so it showed me what some of the window fronts were and such. And uh, I've tried to get back to that. Yeah, Bradley, uh, we took a tour and he showed us the mezzanine that he's talking about. I only went so far. Um, some members of our team were a little more courageous and they walked across a plank that was literally above where he's sitting right now. And it was it was really cool because you're literally stepping back in time. It was the, the original and he was showing us where all the walls were, weren't there. And it was you could feel the department store that once was there. And um, it was a little terrifying for me, um, not good with heights, but uh, but it was really cool to kind of see the bones of the building and and him talking about where it could be in a few years from now and the growth potential. So it's got so much strong legs to it, you know, which is great. Yeah, one of the things- And that's- um, Go ahead. You're kind of sputtering in and out, I'm sorry. You're good. Okay, uh, yeah. And, and, and Michael, yes, Michael was a little trepidatious about going into the dark unknown there. Um, but we do have a plan. Um, it's part of my business plan as well to uh, open the grocery store and then expand the footprint um, to more of the first floor when, when that time arises. And then, as I mentioned earlier, I have a lease purchase. Um, and then we'll look at the second floor and, and then the adjacent parking lot as well. So we have that plan in place um, and as downtown grows, and we'll find out five years from now what the needs of downtown will be and how we can meet those needs. And I want to remind everybody who's watching, uh, first of all, thank you for tuning in. If you have questions for Bradley, want to make a request of items you want stocked on the shelves or activities that you want to have scheduled, now's your chance. You have an unlimited audience. And so uh, go ahead and put your requests in because he'd love to hear from you. So Bradley, I know that your attention to healthy living has shaped a lot of the mission of the store. Doesn't that mean you're not carrying some items? Yes. So, um, you know, when I was sitting down with uh, the distributor, you know, they started mentioning cigarettes or, you know, supersized candy and uh, those types of things. And I said, that's not what I'm looking for. I'm not a convenience store. Um, I will have healthier options. So I won't necessarily have, um, I will have candy bars, but I'm not going to have, you know, the big king size things. And so, uh, and I won't have sets uh, either. And really trying to get those healthier options. Um, but yes, we will have some candy and uh, yes, we will have uh, deli meats, but we will have vegetarian options that are fresh cooked. People think vegetarian, all you think is a salad. Well, you know, we've got some vegetarian lasagna and, and um uh, black bean burgers and uh, some really unitarian options that we'll have. And so really those healthier options is what we're, we'll have regular traditional juice that you, um, you know, if you want that, but we'll also have uh, fresh pressed juices as well that you'll be able to if, um, purchase if that's what you're looking for. That's awesome. You know, I know there's, I don't know, close to eight or 9,000 people who work downtown on a daily basis. So anytime that you can provide more healthy options for them at lunch, I think they're really going to appreciate that. 
Yeah. And, and we're going to have those grab and go options. So if you're just coming back from work, um, or you're at a meeting and you got to get back to your office really quickly, you'll have the opportunity to um, order it on drive through and just keep heading to your office um, or heading home and you, you know, running late, you want to grab something for dinner and you want healthier options. We'll have those packaged grab and go meals. We're calling them handy to go. So they'll be handy to go. You'll just be able to pick them up and, and, and head on home with those, um, cook them at home or, or what have you. Just uh, So trying to really meet the needs of the community. I think that's awesome. Um, I know anytime you do a remodel in a building, um, an older building, you're always going to run into challenges. So what's the biggest challenge you faced that required um, a very inventive solution to be able to uh, stay legal and still accomplish your goal <laughs> of setting up a store the way you want it to look and feel? Uh, so fortunately, I haven't had to move the footprint a uh, tremendous amount. Um, so with the original plans, we didn't have to move. But what happened was um, uh, we had to create a fire exit. And, you know, it's not just like, oh, let's put a door in the wall to outside. It has to be fire rated in the hour and a half doors. And, and I'm learning all these things as I'm going along. Right. Uh, and so um, thickness of the sheetrock and walls and ceiling and uh, et cetera. So. Um, that was something that we had to add on as well as um, a grease trap because now we're, we're um, going to have some uh, uh, producing food and stuff. So uh, those were probably the two major things that we had to uh, a challenge. And, of course, being located downtown where everything runs along the sidewalk because uh, there were building upon building upon building. So there's not a lot of um, alleyways and such. So that was really just a challenge. But. Um, if anybody knows me, I'm going to find a solution to what that challenge is and make it work. Um, and, and that's what we're doing. We've got a few more little things to, to figure out and before we can get opened up. I know in one of your many lives and careers has been that of professor at SLCC. And so talk a little bit about how that background has helped you be prepared mm -hmm. for this next venture in your career. So I do teach business classes, and one of the shifts that you mentioned, the pivots that you mentioned earlier, was had to teach online, if you will, this semester, which um, became a little more challenging than I thought, uh, because this, not all the students have the resources. So I had to meet the entire class of where they were at um, in the middle of the semester and not having anything um, prepared and wasn't able to do all those things. We had to really do it in less than a week. Um, and I'm really impressed in the way that SLCC has pivoted and made all those things accessible to, to their students. So I teach business classes and one of the classes I teach is entrepreneurship. And so for the last three semesters, uh, the students have been hearing about this grocery store I'm going to be opening up and and now I'm going to be opening it up and I won't have the class live. So um, they haven't really heard about it in the past several weeks, but, um, and I learned from them as well. Um, one of the beauties about teaching that entrepreneurship class is their fresh ideas and they're talking about, um, want to open their own bakery and daycare center and jewelry at home and sell things online and menswear and stuff like it. So, um, I had a, a website developer, a program developer, um, a gentleman who, um, uh, has lawn care business that he was expanding. Another one whose family, um, if I said their donut name, you would know them, right? Um, but he was in the class. And then another one whose, uh, her family owned a restaurant and they wanted to expand uh, the restaurant. And so 
at all various ages and stages of their entrepreneurial journey, it's really neat. And we learn from each other. You know, learning from each other, I think, is important. And I think when we talk about in these interviews, professional development, that's one of the themes I keep hearing over and over again is how much people can get from watching shows like this, teaching classes, taking classes. And this seems like uh, during this pandemic, the perfect time for people to do more professional development, uh, more studying, um, uh, more online classes. There's so many opportunities out there. Any off the top of your head recommendations of books people should be reading or websites they should be subscribing to um, to really get some of that entrepreneurial spirit going? Um, the, a book I finished recently was The One Thing, and that was – for me, um, all my files that are open in my head at a time, you know, I call them out the beehive of my mind, um, focusing on one thing. And, you know, it's not just a grocery store, but that healthier lifestyle and a healthier living. So all of the, the things that I do now fit into that one thing. And it'll probably narrow and get a little more focused um, as we open the grocery store and that the demand gets for the grocery, grocery store. So. Um, that was a book that I recently completed, uh, was the one thing, and that's really it. Um, you know, the big box stores, if you will, they do one thing, and they do one thing really well. Brand Russo um, does one thing and really well. I think it's kind of neat. You know, Tacos, as well as uh, Central Pizza, owned by the same company, but they didn't combine, right? They separated because we do these things really well. And so having those separate businesses, so focus on the one thing that we do really well, and that'll be providing healthier food options locally sourced to uh, the community. That's awesome. What advice would you give to the younger you? Oh, oh. Um, continue to follow your passions and your dreams. Um, that, that's something I've tried to do my entire um, life. I'm not one who's been 40 years in or 20 years in the same, um, the same job. Uh, as opportunities opened, I jumped at them. Um, you know, when I was married and certainly the support of my daughters and, and even su um, support now from, from the girls and their mom is tremendous. And, and they helped me get to where I am today. And, and I still have that support from them and now my granddaughters as well. Um, and so that one piece of advice is follow those dreams. Um, keep that fire, that passion alive and follow your dreams. I think that's a good one. What event would you say has most shaped who you are now? If not necessarily event, but being accepted into Leadership Lafayette, um, uh, the business side of me. Um, in, in, uh, on that business side, I... I really didn't come downtown a lot. I lived um, out in Ridge and with three daughters and I had that life out there. And now, you know, I started coming into downtown with Leadership Lafayette and learned about the things that were going on. Sure, we came to downtown a lot occasionally or festival or uh, a couple things like that. But um, getting involved with like-minded individuals uh, who had that same passion and drive and were looking for something, um, that was... Um, what really, I think, catapulted me with Healthy Acadiana, um, which then, you know, dovetailed into Handy Stop. It was really neat, um, if I will I'll extend a story for a moment. Uh, one of the exercises, we had to write a letter to ourselves a year from, and they were going to mail it to us a year later. 
And I took the class, I was accepted in a class five years ago. And so um, I got a letter in the mail four years ago and it was my handwriting. I'm like, who is this? And I'm reading it. It was the letter to me about starting a healthy communities coalition. And I was on my way already to starting that. So it, it was really holding yourself accountable. Um, and I was able to look back on that and saying, check, yep, we got that. And um, for me, it's not just starting something, it's doing it. As my dad said, you know, you don't do anything half-ass, pardon my French, um, but you know, you get it done. And so I'm um, really pleased with the Healthy Communities Coalition of Healthy Acadiana, uh, where we are and what we've been doing and what we've accomplished in the community. Um, so, and personally, um, yeah, I think what shaped me was the, my upbringing, my mother and father, um, but the death of my dad really uh, had an impact um, on me um, at age 17 um, when, when he got killed. That was really a, a big impact that really told me, you know, you got to value life every day. Um, you don't know when the next day is going to come up. And when you're 17 years of age and you wake up at four o'clock in the morning with that knock on the door and it's a state trooper, um, you know, and then you remember, and I can tell you the last conversation I had with my father was about baseball because we loved baseball and I, and I know you do as well. Um, and so baseball just became sweeter to me and more to me and kind of brought that um, to my girls. And so that um, really the death of my father on the personal side really um, changed me a lot and taught me to value life more and appreciate that everyday thing that I have. And it's through to me today, you know, the, I don't know how many times I've talked to him in the last year about this grocery store. And, um, you know, uh, it was really important to me to um, name the store Handy Stop and um, the coffee in honor of my dad. And so uh, uh, that was the uh, biggest impact my life was that the death of my father. Yeah, I can only imagine. You know, I, I've heard for years that people didn't want to go on Barbara Walters' show because she always made them cry. And so now people aren't going to let you go on their shows because you make them cry. Um, I know every time I hear you talk about your dad and the relationship that y'all had and uh, the way you shared baseball, that always touches me. And I love that you've done so much in the store to honor him. I think that's a great thing. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. I, um, I wouldn't be the entrepreneur I would uh, I'd be today without the um, him setting that example. I talk about that in my class quite a bit. I, I give examples of, of my dad and my mom as well, because after my dad was killed, my mom stayed in that store um, five more years uh, to when my younger brother graduated from high school and she was able to set herself up. Really amazing. At age 50, she went to community college and got her... Um, her HR certification and went back into the workforce really for the first time ever outside of the grocery store was her first entry at age 50, which is truly amazing. So I had the example of my dad as an entrepreneur at age 36 and my mom at age 50 saying, you can start your life over again. You can really be accomplished and successful. And, and, and at her funeral, having um, the commander of the base, she worked at the, the uh, Air Force Base in New Orleans. Um, having that commander come in and telling us, you know, that was really your mom's base. Uh, I didn't run it. She did. Uh, that's really a great example for me to have both with my mom and my dad. That's awesome. I mean, and I think that anytime you're doing something with that kind of passion behind you, you know, you have that little extra juice just to make it that much more successful. So thank you. Um, who's your longest standing you. friendship? Who's your best friend? 
Um, so that's two different people, but um, my longstanding okay. friendship is uh, a buddy of mine, Mike, who's uh, an optometrist, Mike Ziegler, Dr. Ziegler. I mean, you got him as Dr. Z, but a local optometrist. Um, met him years ago on a medical mission trip to Mexico, and we just hit it off, and we've been friends uh, ever since. Um, my daughter's done some work from him. She now works an optometrist and um so we've really been friends and uh i've talked to him about all these things i've been doing over the years um but probably my best friend now is a buddy of mine dwight kaufman uh he happens to be a banker and so all these personal questions i get to bounce off of him as well and um but it's really great uh, you know we'll go to saints games together we'll hang out on his patio um or, or we'll go to a cigar sit and relax and um it's just really nice to have uh, somebody to just sit and talk to and He's on that banking side, so he'll look at it from a little different viewpoint. Um, you know, when, I'm, when I interviewed with seven banks and applied to seven banks and I wasn't approved, uh, you know, he was the calming voice that kind of explained to me why. And I was like, that's not why, you know. But, uh, yeah, he, he kind of kept me level a lot of the way. Yeah. That's good. That's very good. Um, if we asked him uh, what he likes the least about you, what do you think he would say? And be careful, because I think he's watching. Oh, he I can't imagine anybody not answer. liking something to me. But... <laughs> right? That's what I would say. Yeah. Um, probably my, um, I call it spontaneity. Um, he would probably call it my last minuteness. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, hey, Dwight, you want to go do this? Well, Bradley, you know I'm at work till o'clock. Oh, well, uh, you know. Um, yeah, but I think that would probably be it. Um, I'm, I'm a get up and go kind of guy. I like to go do things and be active. And, um, you know, if it's a beautiful day and I'm my boss, uh, uh, who is me, lets me get off of work early, I want to go do something. And I'll give him a holler and uh, like, well, if you had told me, I might have brought a, some change of clothes. Now I got to go home kind of thing. So I think that would be it. That's um, if spontaneity is a bad thing. I think that's a perfectly legitimate answer. So what's your guilty yeah. pleasure? Uh, I just mentioned it, um, cigars. <laughs> exactly. And I will say, you know, I've been talking about healthier options. Cigars are healthier options to cigarettes. Sure, so, and vaping that's my and any number of things you could smoke. So I could see how you no, could Yeah, it's that. a much, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not a chocolate person. I'm not a um, uh, coffee person. I do like uh, the sweet candy, you know, the sweets and sours, that kind of thing. But um, not not chocolate, but um relaxing is a um cigar and uh, bourbon that's awesome uh dwight has just commented that your boss is an a-hole <laughs> <laughs> uh he would be absolutely correct on that yeah i, I can I be occasionally so. um but yes yeah yeah i love that yeah um, how would i just you thought like it just popped up thanks dwight i appreciate that yeah exactly um how would you like to be remembered As a, a loving, caring individual, whether that's loving dad or loving, caring friend or loving, caring spouse, um, just somebody who was passionate about what he did and that passion, your family, your work, your community involvement, um, just remember that way. I remember at my dad's funeral, it's to this day one of the largest non-public um, individuals funeral that I ever ha attended and all the people who were there and the stories I heard about my, my dad and, and my mom as well. Um, I hope uh, I have half of that funeral and, and half of that respect that people had for my father. 
Um, but it's just um, that humility, which is not my strong suit, but, um, you know, people that said, yeah, he was a loving guy and um, he helped care for X, Y, Z. That's awesome. Uh, what do you say to yourself when you're in doubt? You kind of cut out. What do I say? To yourself when you're in doubt. Like whenever you're in doubt. What do you uh, say to yourself? My own my own little saying, my own little saying is uh, get out the pity pool, dry yourself off, you'll get it done. Nice. That is awesome. What advice would you give to this year's graduates? Because obviously they're facing a challenge that's never been faced before. Um, high school or college graduates? You can pick. Okay. Uh, you cut out, but I, I'll, I'll do both. Pick. Actually, it was... Uh, Okay, I'll do college because that's what I've okay. been teaching in entrepreneurship. Is really, you have an opportunity. Um, there's going to be a new norm created, and you have an opportunity to make your mark in that new norm. That mark might be that you're opening a company that's making masks, or going to work for a company that's making ventilators, or pharmaceutical research on the biomed side. Uh, but we we will create a new norm and you have the opportunity with all your freshness and all your new education and all your um, new ideas um, and, and youth. You now have the opportunity to have a direct impact and shape that new norm because you didn't know what the world, the business world, you might have known it a little bit, but you didn't know what that business world looked like. So you don't have to overcome all those old things we used to do it that way kind of um, commentary. Uh, go out and help create that new norm. I, I think that's a great point. You know, in thinking about the way we used to do it, I think the people who've done it the same way for 10, 20, 30, 40 years are at a disadvantage right now because it's harder to have done something the same way for decades and have to change than somebody who's entering fresh and gets to do it in the right way for this time. So I, I think that's very wise. I, I agree. Part. Yeah. What uh, historical event would you most like to have witnessed? Someone asked me that question a few months ago. Actually, it was uh, Dwight's wife, Ozzy, asked me that question a month ago, and it would be the signing of the Declaration of Independence. Ooh, that is a good one. Have you seen Hamilton yet? I have not seen Hamilton. Um, uh, Dwight actually got me hooked on the series Adams. And I watched that series um, over the last couple months. Um, but again, that new norm, the opportunities that these men saw, the visionaries uh, that they were, and the opportunity of this great new land and, and what can we do with this new land, uh, I think is immense. When I think about how old they were, I mean, half our age, as they were founding this country, without modern technology uh, for research and background and information, I am stunned on a daily basis that they pulled it off. Uh, yeah, if you watch some of those uh, movies about it or documentaries uh, it, or read some of the books, actually, it, it really is amazing. You know, they just didn't email it or fax it over to get your signature and send it back. Okay, yeah, Ben Franklin's coming from Philadelphia. He'll be here in a couple days, uh, you know, or Adams is coming from Massachusetts. You know, and he, the river was flooded and he can't get across. He'll be here next week. It's just crazy. Yeah. Well, and to think, you know, they, they'd all grown up in England. So they had a certain idea of what government should be in their opinion. It should be something different than that. And so they just said, huh, let's, uh, let's create this one from scratch. What? 
mean, yeah. that's amazing to me. And two hundred. Yeah, it is, later, and that's why I, I. Yeah, I would have loved to have been there. Yeah. No, I think that's a very good choice. What's the best mistake you ever made? The best mistake I ever made. Oh wow. Um, it's a tough best one. mistake I ever made. That is a tough one. You know, when you don't make mistakes, that's that right. humility again, right? Um, I think it would be. Um, I, I guess I'll stick with this local. I'm trying to think of some others, um, but it would be some of the mistakes I've made along the way. I'm, with starting this business. I should have never announced when I did, but it was the best thing I did because of the timing. Um, I, I literally, I didn't have a lease on the building. I didn't have funding one. I had an idea, a concept that I had been kicking around and some people talked to, talked with me about. And But now it's out there and you know, I can't get it back. And I've got to get it done, come, uh, you know? Uh, so I think that um, somewhat calculated, but it, it was a good mistake to make. That's awesome. So, um, what is your pettiest pet peeve? Tardiness. Oh, that's a good one, though. That's easy. Um, uh, yeah, I remember um, my oldest daughter, Ambry, was in band with Dr. Gerald Wagesback at Acadiana High, and I heard it for the first time. He would say, you know, um, if you're early, you're on time. If you're on time, you're late. And if you're late, don't bother coming. <laughs> you know, Michael had uh, now, that does not apply to my employees. I still want them to come to work, but a few minutes right. late, but um, on time. Right. Um, on time. Yeah. Michael, um, Michael, and his dad both have that theory. You know, five minutes early is already on time, so on time is late. And uh, he had a professor who would close the door to class, and if you arrived after the door was closed and locked, then you were fired. And not allowed into class because that's how it is at work. You have to be on time. Uh, so I think that um, that when you can learn that young, it's a good skill to have for the rest of your life. What's one thing you'd change? About I'm not that bad as an instructor. I'm not that bad I'm as sure. an instructor. I don't lock the door. I let them come in. No, no. I've been, I've been a guest lecturer in your classes, and I think you're a great instructor. They definitely seem to be enraptured when you are talking. Well, thank you. No. You know what it reminds me of? Uh, the scene from Indiana Jones when he's come back. Um, in the first one and he's teaching the college classes and the girl's sitting in the front kind of looking at him moony eyed every time she blinks you can see <laughs> right that's what I see some of your students doing with you I'm like yeah. oh I see how it is uh-huh uh, I think it's an exaggeration that's a marketing and branding twist you're putting on it yeah I have to tell you I've been uh how many semesters now five six semesters I've, I've showed up at your class for a guest lecture and they seem pretty into it every you time I'm there well, I hope they so. Like I hope so. Yeah. No, they like you for sure. So what's the greatest gift we can give to each other? I'm sorry, say that again. The greatest gift we can give to each other? Love. Uh, it's simple. Love your neighbor. Love your individual. Love your... your um, and of course, there's going to be that variations of love, but... Um, I think that love and understanding, um, you know, getting back to a simple example of being late for class, I don't close the door because I don't understand where everybody's coming from. That single mom who's 
child um, had a messy diaper and she had to change it again and she got late to daycare, which made her late to come into school. And she's trying to, you know, get her nursing assistant certification so she can go out. I'm not one to judge that, you know, just understand and love. And um, I think for me, it's the easiest thing is, you know, that golden rule, love one another as you would uh, want them to love you. So um, it's a little twist on it, but yeah, um, I think just love and understanding. Now I can appreciate that. I had to chime in on this because my, what my dad would say is that's a you problem, not a me problem. <laughs> it was, I don't know if he heard me. No, he did. Yeah. But you know, so yeah, he would shut that down. But so it, it now it is ingrained in me and my, my kids will tell you is that we will drive around the block to be on time. Like if we're early, we'll literally just circle the destination. So we pull up on time. And so they all know that time being on time, is like the thing and you are on time for things. Tell him about your college professor that used to close yeah. the door on you. Oh, that was, that was Dutch Kepler. And he was, uh, I mean, you know, I remember us battling it out always, but I, I, I mean, I'm so grateful for him for all the things that, that he taught me. And I think anybody who studied with him would say the same thing. It was just, there's, there's no excuses. It's like, you know, you, you work hard. You, the quality comes from quantity. It's like working hard, grinding it out and, and being um, accountable really. Uh, and, and professionally at least, you know, so those are the kind of things that I took away from that. But, and you can tell the people that, that have that in them, you know, you and Jackie are very similar. You were talking earlier about, um, you know, personality types and whatnot. Like Jackie called me on a Friday and said, hey, I want to do a podcast. I have a guest scheduled on Monday. So that's the world I live in is that, you know, it's I have an idea. Let's do it. There's no thinking about it, processing it. It was like, hey, this is an idea. Let's do it. If it you know, and let's let's make it happen. And there's no margin for not for no, there's not a no in her vocabulary. And I think the same thing for you. So, you know, that's kind of how that all works for that. But Bradley, isn't that the theory of entrepreneurship that you have to fail fast? Like you figure out quickly if it's going to work or not. Absolutely. Um, fail fast so you can figure it out, um, make those modifications or changes. Uh, so then you back on the feet and hit the ground running again, but fail fast. Um, but learn from those mistakes. And I think it's called in the, uh, one of the terms is fail smart. Uh, and, and that you do fail fast and fail smart so you can make those changes corrected. Absolutely. All right, we are now gonna enter the lightning round. Um, so these are your favorites. Uh, there's no wrong answer, it's just whatever your favorites uh, are. All right, um, I might have to walk. And catch a better Wi-Fi signal? You're cutting out some walks or two of these two. Okay. Yes. Yeah, get closer get to a your router. Um, yeah, get closer to your router. And then as you walk, we'll actually get to see the What's store. What's that? I said, it'll be great. You'll be closer to the router. And so as you walk, we can see a little bit of the store behind you as you walk through uh, to your office. So now our show is mobile. I'm going to go see if this will work. Yeah, mobile. It's mobile, mobile. So that's we'll, right. we'll put the brick wall behind me. There we go. Oh, that's very nice. That is lovely. All right. Okay, good. So this is the lightning round. So um, there are no wrong answers. It's just based on your favorites. So what is your favorite place on earth? Disney World. All right. Uh, movie you can't turn off. I'm sorry? Your favorite movie that you can't turn off. Oh, you're broken up. I'm sorry. Something I can't turn off. Yeah, favorite movie. Movie that you can't turn movie. off? Movie. 
Oh, National Treasure. Oh, that's a good one. Um, your favorite TV show to binge watch? I really don't binge watch, but what I'm watching now is uh, Suits. Oh, I loved Suits, by the way. With the now princess Meghan Markle, but then just actress Meghan Markle. Uh, but it's a great show about lawyers uh, with a twist. Yes. Yeah, that's awesome. Favorite book? Anything related to Kennedy. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm, I uh, love the, that whole melodrama. So in your opinion, was there a single shooter in the book depository? Absolutely, absolutely not. Okay. So which of that, I know we're diverting a little bit from the lightning round, but I'm curious. Um, there've been so many theories on what actually happened that day after all of your extensive reading, which one do you think is accurate? <laughs> uh, I don't have, we were just talking about this the other day. I think it's either a mob or, um, that political aspect of it. Okay. I think both of LBJ those. LBJ and company. Right. That, yeah. They both have some credibility to them. Favorite podcast. Of course, uh, raise your brand. <laughs> you know, I am going to have to start paying people because I love that answer. Uh, favorite car? 66 Mustang, which um, when my father died, he had one and um, I wound up buying another one. Really? Convertible or hardtop? I wish I had a convertible, but it was a hardtop. It was cool. Okay. All right. Uh, favorite musician? Phil Collins. Excellent. Have you seen him live in concert? I have not. I, I haven't done a lot of live concerts in my life. I don't know okay. why, but yeah. Do you have a favorite concert that you have been to? Uh, Beach Boys several times. Ooh. I can it's always relaxing awesome. and fun, and yeah. there's no downside to Beach Boys. Yeah, I can see that. Um, so with Phil Collins as your favorite musician, is your favorite song one of his or somebody else's? Um, I don't. I, that's gonna be hard for me to answer because I really don't have a favorite song. It's probably some Disney song with all my girls. Um, I, I really don't have a favorite song. All right. Uh, is baseball your favorite sport, or is there another one you put at the top? Absolutely. Of the list? Yeah. No yeah. baseball. Yeah, and you and I have done some Raging Cajuns games together, so I know you're a true fan. Yes. Uh, favorite meal. Red beans and rice. Ooh, yummy. Uh, favorite and leisure I'll add, activity. Um, uh -huh. uh, leisure activity, I just mentioned it earlier, would be uh, cigars and, mm -hmm. um, or now the sun's out, uh, hanging out at the pool with my daughters. That's a good choice. Uh, what were you going to add to favorite meal? Uh, PB and J. Really? I can eat that three. I can eat that all day long. Yeah. Our third daughter Maggie literally does eat them three times a day. Yeah, but I only love if peanut Michael butter. makes them. Apparently, my Stra makes the best PB. Strawberry, strawberry jelly, triple decker. Ooh. Well, I have a secret for that. It's um, and Ma Maggie will attest to it, but it's the way my mom used to make it for me. It's all in how you make it. You have to put the peanut butter down, and put the jelly on the peanut butter, and then mix it thoroughly onto the bread. And I can't prove it, but I think there's a chemical reaction that happens when you do that, and it just makes it taste better. I swear by it. Try it. I, I'm gonna try it. I have not done the mixing, but got it. Got it. You got to put it on top of the meter and swirl it in in this kind of motion. And I'm telling you, it changes everything. All right, I'm gonna try that out uh, tomorrow. All right, Bradley, I'm providing a hard eye roll at this time. I just want you to know that. I mean, 
okay. there's no way it's any different. But he has himself convinced and he has our daughter convinced. So we'll see. Uh, favorite way to treat yourself? Cigars? Yes. Yeah, I figured. Okay, and now we conclude with what is probably my favorite section, the questions from the actor's studio from the late uh, James Lipton. Uh, Bradley, what is your favorite word? Favorite perfect uh, perseverance. Your least favorite word? Can't. Mm-hmm. What turns you on? It's a family show, Bradley. Keep it clean. Yeah, that's okay. Um, uh, outdoors, sunshine. Okay. And what turns you off? Negativity, negative people. Sound or noise that you love the most? The the girls laughing. My two daughters, when they're laughing, it's it's uh, intoxicating. It's so hilarious. I have an old uh, video of our kids from Festival International buying some drums. Uh, and so I get to watch it every year when it comes up in my Facebook memories. And the sound of their little kid giggles, uh, it is so perfect. Yeah. My two younger daughters, Victoria and uh, Abigail, hi girls, um, they're like best friends now. And their oldest sister, Ambry, is a little bit older. And But when the three of them get together and they just start laughing, it's you know, everybody else starts laughing. It's just fantastic. Right. Oh, it's it's magical. Yeah. Uh, the sound yeah. or noise that you hate. Um, creaking. You know that that mm-hmm. kind of chalkboard nails on a chalkboard sound. Ooh. That creaking yeah, sound. Yeah, I just heard it in my head. Thanks a lot. Uh, your favorite curse word. I can't say it. <laughs> <laughs> what letter does it um, start with? With an S. Okay. All yeah. right. Shucks. All shucks. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. What profession other than your own would you love to attempt? Being an attorney. Really? Yeah. Is it just from watching Suits or have you always thought that? Well, watching Suits and then before that, Boston Legal. But oh, oh, yeah. my, mom, my mom always told me I was so argumentative I could be a lawyer. So mm-hmm. Okay, I can see that part of it. What profession would you not like to do? I would not like to do... Oh, um, teach full time. Really? Yeah. All right. Um, when you arrive at heaven, what do you want to hear God say at the pearly gates? Come on in. Excellent answer. Bradley, thank you for your time. Thank you for your efforts, your energy, the work you've done to make Acadiana healthier. And thank you for Handy Stop because it is exactly what downtown needs. And we're really looking forward to having it open. Thank you. I've been blessed to be able to provide the opportunity Truly blessed, and uh, thank you guys for all your help. No, thank you. And thank you to everybody who tuned in today to watch, to listen, uh, whether you're on live or you're seeing this later. We appreciate you being a part of it. Uh, We have received tons of amazing suggestions of future guests, and so we're working on setting those up now. And so we're really excited about what the next few weeks will hold. And be sure to come back on Friday uh, when Michelle Ezel of Tsunami Sushi will be joining us, and it'll be fun to hear what she has to say about uh, the restaurant, where she started from, what they've been doing, and how they've handled their pandemic pivot. So thank you all. We appreciate your support, and we appreciate your shares, and uh, we appreciate you watching. Well, the day is through.